Crippled Content Creations presents Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability, with your host, Andrew Gerza. Disability After Dark, with Andrew Gerza, shining a bright light on sex and disability. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Welcome to the very first episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability for 2018. My name is Andrew Gerza, and I will be your disability boyfriend experience for this episode. So let's shine a bright light on sex and disability together. First, if you're a Patreon subscriber, thanks, because you're listening to this episode a week before everybody else. Uh, If you're not, you should totally become one, and you can find out how later at the end of the show. So I wanted to do something timely for this episode. It's January, and it's around the time when everybody's like, oh, I have to go to the gym, I have to, you know, get that sexy gym bod, I have to do all these things to be better this year, and one of the things I have to do is go to the gym. And I wanted to see how the gym and sexuality were connected, and then I wanted to go a little bit further and see how the gym, sexuality, and disability were connected, if they were at all. And I found some pretty interesting things, so I want to share that with you. And for this episode, I named it something fun and exciting. It's called, Do You Even Crip Bro?, which is kind of a take on that do you even lift bro thing. If you go on someone's Instagram or Facebook who's into the gym, you'll see them say, like, do you even lift? Do you lift, like, this much? And so I wanted to play with that and bring disability into it. And so this episode is all about the gym, sex, and disability. As I was doing research and making notes for this episode and looking up articles and things related to the gym and sexuality... One of the major things that I was struck by was how in almost every single guide for, quote, better sex, working out was prominently featured as one of the top tips that you could do for better sex, particularly working out with a partner. Now, every picture that I saw of this was of able-bodied people working out with each other, and then then the YouTube of those two queer guys kissing after one guy does a sit-up came up, and I mean... It was all kind of adorable, but it was super... There was a lot of ableism that was happening there already, just from looking at that. Um, And I kind of was like, oh, that's... Where's the disabled person working out? Where's that person doing things? Um, And, you know, we see the gym as a way to maintain appealing bodies, to attract lovers, and to stay healthy. Uh, And it's one of the things we always say around this time we're going to do. We always say around January, we're going to work out, we're going to go to the gym, we're going to... 2018 is going to be the year of the gym, bro, that kind of stuff. And, and so the gym is linked to so to sexuality in so many ways. I mean, go on, any, go on anybody's social media. In the notes here I have, go on any queer man's social media, and you'll see a bunch of gym stuff, which is true. But really, go on anybody's social media these days, and you'll see them taking gym selfies or pictures of themselves at the gym and kind of the gains they have to, to work out, to be sexy, if... You know, the gym isn't so much about health anymore. It's about how do I have a healthy fuck, too. Of course, this, again, comes from a really super ableist and able-bodied perspective, I think. 
as a disabled person, I look at the gym with different eyes, I think, than other people. It's connected to the idea of being made to be better, stronger, faster, and, in my view, to fix my disability. Now, I want to preface that by saying that any, anybody with a disability who goes to the gym for themselves is totally entitled to do that and should feel safe and sexy and happy to do that, but I feel there's a lot of ableism in gym culture that we need to look at eradicating. So it doesn't really feel like, I mean, for me, the gym is connected to things like rehab and, you know, moving past my disability and moving away from it and ableism in a way that I really can't necessarily connect with. So it doesn't really feel when I'm in those spaces, gym spaces, it doesn't really feel sexy to me. The idea of working out is tied to so many deeper feelings for me that it's not, hasn't necessarily reached that sexy point, but I think that it could and we'll get to that later. One of the things that I particularly remember about gym culture and my disability, and one of the things that I will never forget, and I can't quite remember if I've told this story in another episode or not, but I'm going to tell it again. I was talking to somebody on an app, and we were looking to hook up, and we were going to hook up with each other, and I sent him a picture, and I said, here's who I am, and I had a picture of myself in my wheelchair, you know, ready, you know, with just in my chair, with my shirt off or something, and he said, oh... You know, you're really cute, but you, you should come to the gym with me and we can work off that disability fat. And I remember thinking, okay, well, that feels super weird and uncomfortable and I'm never going to be able to do that. I've also had people at the gym tell me that if I work out, I get, quote, all better as if going to the gym for like one minute um, is somehow going to cure my CP or something. Um, I've also had people tell me that they couldn't fuck me or we couldn't hang out or we couldn't do anything together because I don't look fit enough and that was really hard because I, I do you know I do enjoy the idea of working out for myself but I don't enjoy the idea of working out and having it be tied to so much ableism and so much so much of use that my body is wrong and, and not okay to be there I had somebody actually tell me once that if I just did cardio, it would fix my whole disability and everything would change. And it was like, do you think if I just did one cardio workout that I'm going to get up out of my chair and walk? Because that's not happening. And it's really cute that you think that, but that's not really going to... Like, my disability is not going to disappear. I'm never going to be able to work off my disability fat with you. Um, my disability belly is never going to go away the way you want it to. Like, it's just not... The idea of you fixing my disability via workout is, again, really cute, and thanks for coming out, but that's not going to happen. I mean, that really is a part of why I started the Bear in a Chair hashtag. You may have seen on some of my socials Bear in a, Bear in a Chair hashtag at, some, at one point, and that was kind of in direct defiance of the ideas behind gym culture and how it has to be curative for people with disabilities and how... You have to, if you're going to be disabled, you have to have a workout body and you have to look a certain way to defy your disability. And so Baron a Chair really helps me defy all of that and say, this is who I am as a queer cripple and this is what I'm going to be and that's okay. Okay, let me be soups honest with you listeners. I go to the gym too. I go there too and I love to go to the gym or more accurately watch good looking men come out of the gym and I enjoy looking at their beautiful bodies and what they've sculpted for themselves. But my experience in the gym has been much different than that. 
There's a lot more to come on this episode of Disability After Dark, but first, we're going to play some ads from our awesome sponsor and some great listeners, so we'll do that and we'll be right back on Disability After Dark, the podcast shining light on sex and disability with your host, Andrew Gerza. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by the worker owners of Come As You Are. Come As You Are has the peculiar distinction of being the world's only worker-owned cooperative sex shop. With feminist and anti-capitalist values, Come As You Are only carries sexuality products that they truly believe in at the lowest price possible. Get free shipping at www.comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Hi, this is Dallas Steele, and I listen to Disability After Dark, the podcast to shine a bright light on sex and disability with Andrew Gerza. This episode of Disability After Dark is brought to you in part by La Petite More. La Petite More is a Hamilton, Ontario, Canada-based sex toy company operated by Haroon Sperling. A 1NB operation, they are committed to body safety, body positivity, and a gender-neutral approach to their toys. Head to petitemore.ca to check them out and be sure to use coupon code AFTERDARK for free shipping at checkout. petitemore.ca, adult, queer, safe. Welcome back to the show. We hope you like the ads from our amazing sponsors, Come As You Are and Le Petit More. I... Love them for for getting on board with me and supporting the show. It's amazing. I also hope you enjoyed the uh, listener ads. Thank you so much for creating those. If you're listening to the show and you want to create one of your own that we'll play during you know the break of an episode, I'd love to have you be included there. It would be amazing to have you be a part of it. So you can email me at andrew at andrewgerza.com. I'll send you the copy. I'll send you what to say. And we'd love to have your voice on the show. I also want to just take a hilarious pause for a minute and just laugh at myself with all of you here. When I say we, I literally mean me and my Audacity software that I'm using currently to create this show. There is no team of people who are putting this show together. It's literally me. So I find it hilarious that sometimes I'll be talking to you and I'll say we as if there's like hordes of people putting this show together. No, no. It's me in my house with my computer and my soundboard and my Audacity software putting it together for you. So I just found it funny and I wanted to share. But let's get back to the real show. That's you and me. See, you and me is a we, but me by myself here doing it, it's not a we. So let's let me bring you back to the show. Okay, so my experience in the gym as a queer disabled person usually goes like this. I can roll myself into the gym space, into the space where all the gymming and the weightlifting and the beautiful bodies are happening around me. I can do that. But typically, much of the equipment in the gym isn't actually that accessible to me, independently accessible to me. For instance, as I was doing research for this, I noticed that there's a New York Times study from 2006 that said, that concluded that, that the majority of the gyms in the U.S. are inaccessible because 
and get ready for it because it assumed that, quote, disabled people don't want to work out. That's just not true. Disabled people do want to work out. They just don't want to deal with the ableism that they have to deal with and also the fact that they can't actually use much of the equipment that they want to. I remember when I went to my local gym by my house last year to test it out and to see what was available to me and how it would work. I rolled in and said, okay, hi, I'd like to get a free, you know, two-week trial membership to see what I could do. And so I, I, I went around with a trainer and they showed me all the equipment and they showed me all the things and they were showing me how the equipment worked for an able-bodied person. And I kept saying, well, you know, how am I going to do this? And they, the cute... Adonis with the muscles who was trying to sign me up and was all being all flirty and smiley with me was like, oh, uh, I'm not really sure how any of this would work for you. Um, and he, you know, didn't, wasn't aware of what I would need and wasn't aware of any of the things. And so, um, I was like, well, I can't do anything here, but I was determined to try and I was determined to at least use up my two week membership and see what would happen now. When I say two weeks, I lasted about four days. But my experience at the gym was, you know, interesting. I remember going over to, I, I was like, okay, I'm at the gym, and all these attractive men were walking, you know, around me being all hot. And I'm pretty sure it was a gay gym where I was. So I was determined to be hot too, and to, you know, because I thought it was a gay gym and I wanted to impress the Adonises roaming around me, I was like, I have to be, I'm going to go be hot and sexy too at this gym. So I rolled up to, a hand bike, which is something that I thought I might be able to do because I can, because I, I have enough dexterity. I'm lucky enough to have enough dexterity to do that. So I roll over to the hand bike. I couldn't even get my wheelchair close enough to the bike to reach the hand bike. But again, all these attractive men were around, and I wanted to look like I knew what I was doing and be super sexy doing it. So I, I put my hand on the hand bike and I move my body back and forth, and I can't, it's just not working, I look a little bit ridiculous, and I fall over the handbike, I fall over, and I can't get back up, and nobody's helping me, they're all looking at me like, what is this guy in the wheelchair doing here, why is he not, they're looking at me like I should have had an attendant care worker with me, wondering why I didn't have anybody there with me, being like, um, is that guy okay, we should probably do something about that, and so, I managed to get myself up, and I was like, okay, so I brushed off, and I moved over to the uh, the pulley system weight machine in the gym. And I was like, I can do that. All I have to do is reach, and I'll be fine. So I, I go over there, and I realize that I can't reach the uh, the hand thing. So I'm, the whole exercise is me simply reaching for the thing that I'm supposed to do the exercise on. And it looks, there's no sexiness in it whatsoever. doesn't look the least bit attractive. And I realize that much of what I want to do, I can't actually do in this gym. And there was no way that me reaching for a handbike for th for three minutes looked at all attractive. It, it, it surely did not make me look sexy. It made me look like I couldn't do something in the gym. And I mean, it was partially humiliating because I'm sitting there thinking, well, if I can't do this, what can I possibly do to achieve the, you know, the gym level of sexiness that everything is telling me that I'm supposed to do? How do I do this? And I was really discouraged because I was like I can't even use regular gym equipment this is not fair and I want to I want to be able to have that sexy gym body too it was part of my own internalized ableism at the time where I was really into wanting you know a different body type and all these things and now I I, 
I love working out, but I like working out for myself and not to not to remove the disability from my experience, just to feel good. And I have friends who I asked about this when I was doing research for the gym, and they said, you know, I go to the gym to clear my head. It's for me. It's for me to never to get better and to move away from disability, but just to enjoy the gym. My friend Carrie Wade wrote a great piece about the gym, and I'm going to read, read some of it to you now about how she feels about going to the gym as a disabled queer person. Carrie wrote an article for Auto Straddle a couple years ago, and it, it was about the gym, and it's entitled "Disability in the Gym: Let My Body Do the Work." And I love this this particular line so much, and I wanna I wanna just read this paragraph to you because I love it so much, and it speaks to a lot of what I'm feeling about the gym. She says, "My body is relentless, but not in the ways the gyms want it to be. It doesn't fit the tidy redemption narratives they sell." No amount of core work or circuit training will, will remove the metal from my spine and make my orthotics unnecessary. Those aren't matters of my personal commitment, but of my structure. So when even the most generous gyms promise that I'll, quote, see results, end quote, I have to raise an eyebrow. My muscle mass has a pretty low ceiling. The screws and scars are here to stay. I'll limp and wobble no matter how often I stand on the bossu ball. I can't get attached to visible outcomes because I will never be the, quote, after picture. I really love that because I feel like a lot of what gym culture is doing, whether they realize it or not, with disabled people especially, when we talk about the gym, is they're expecting that our before pictures are with our mobility devices or our, quote, impairment, and our after picture is us, you know, standing up and not, no longer being impaired or being disabled or being chronically ill. And that's just not reality. And I think if, if the gyms started using disability in a way that was positive and realistic and, and showing disabled people working out because they wanted to, not to fit into some curative model, it might make us feel sexier at the gym. One of the things you can do with me at the gym that completely fulfills my queer, cripple, sexy narrative at the gym thing is I love to swim. I love it so much. It's my favorite thing. It's the most accessible thing that I can do there because basically, if you're with me at the gym, your job is to make sure that I don't drown if we're in the pool, which isn't really that hard. Just make sure my head's above water and we're good to go. Um, but I love it because I get to be held in the water by a sexy man who gets to help me change and help me, helps me get undressed in the, the locker room and then ha throws me in the water and holds me for a minute. Like there, could there be anything, could there be anything sexier for me anyway than that? Or if we're a queer disabled person and a, another queer person is holding us in the water in a quasi affectionate slash workout sort of way, it's for me, it takes up all the sexy boxes and I love the pool and I'm really glad that my mom threw me in the water at 15 and said you have to learn how to swim because now I can entice sexy men at the gym to be like hey want to go to the pool with me and want to help me like swim and maybe you can help me in the hot tub after and all my muscles will be relaxed except for one of course so I wanted to look at all the tips around better sex and the exercise tips that people were receiving to have better sex and I wanted to see if some of these exercise positions were possible for somebody with a disability. So I'm going to read a few to you right now and then try to interject 
where or where not disability could go. So a lot of the tips I'm finding are super geared to the heterosexual community. So bear with me as I do that. The first, the first sex position for better sex is missionary. And this is geared towards people who have a penis. Um, so they're saying that you need strong arms and shoulders to hold yourself up the entire time, which right off the bat, if you're disabled with certain disabilities, that seems to be impossible. Um, and so here's how you apparently do this, this exercise. Uh, it's called the bowing push-up. Um, and you, it says just nonchalantly, oh, just get into a push-up position. And again, as a wheelchair user, I'm thinking about all of the five different people I would need just to achieve that one part of this training. Um, it says to keep your elbows close to your ribs, lower your torsos if you were performing a push-up. I have never done a proper push-up in my whole life. Never once. Um, it's telling you then to simultaneously squeeze your glutes, drop your hips towards the floor, push your arms straight, and lift your head up and your chest towards the ceiling. Pause and then lift your hips up until you're in a push-up position. So just that one motion on its own would take me really like three or four people to make sure I was okay in about half an hour of time. So I'm pretty sure we can cross that one off the list and say that it's not necessarily for people with certain disabilities accessible in 100% accessible. I would say that for some individuals with disabilities, you could perform this motion for sure, but it certainly doesn't include wheelchair users or people with lower mobility at all. The next one I'm looking at is the hollow body bridge hold, which basically from what I'm seeing is you lying on your back and thrusting every now and then. And just to tell you, and I think I think I mentioned this before in the podcast, I have no ability to thrust. I affectionately refer to my genitals and my, my penis during sex with a playmate as the human dildo because I can't, I can't, I, I really can't do anything with it. So, I mean, I mean, I can do a lot with it, but I can't do that with it. So, this idea that I would be on my back being able to thrust is just not realistic. One of the next sex tips that I see here, which I don't really understand, I also want to comment who comes up with the names when they're writing this stuff. Who comes, who like decided that these are the names we're going to use for sex things? It's really weird. So the visual I'm seeing is of a male identified person fucking a female-identified person against a shelf, um, which looks hot, and it's called the Iron Chef, which I don't really know how that relates to any of the sex things you're doing. Um, and the motion is to get a sandbag and to stand with the sandbag at your feet. And right away, I'm like, this, I can't do this, I'm out. I'm out. And the minute I saw the word stand, I was like, nope, that's not, I can't do that, that's not happening, nope, nope. Um, and you're supposed to do squats. That's just not accessible, and I'm also really confused again. Still, why is it called the Iron Chef? Does anybody know why this motion is called the Iron Chef? I don't get it, but um, that was super confusing to me and super inaccessible to me because I can't bend and squat. Now, just as I'm looking at that from a totally selfish sexual standpoint, if anybody wants to grab my crippled body and use me to bend 
as they do that, as we mess around, that's super hot, and I'm so down for that. You can totally use my disabled body to do that. I'm, I fully support this motion. If you want to use me as your sandbag, I'm more than amenable to that idea. But I would also like to see these major magazines that are suggesting these things around better sex tips and better workouts for, for better sex. I'd love to see these magazines include somebody with a disability in there, a wheelchair user, a walking a walker user, uh, invisible disabilities. I'd love to see those included and tips for that community as well. It would show that these magazines give a shit about different body types and different experiences and it would mean that we're included in that too p.s men's health you can also start including uh some queer people in there as well like you can have two two men or two women fucking each other up against the shelf or two non-binary people fucking each other up against the shelf it's time that we uh start expanding our views on what is sexy uh and what is what a sexy body is men's health you can totally get off your cisgendered heteronormative thing and change that around. Just a tip. One of the last things I'll say is this. We have sexercise classes around how to have a sexy workout, but most of them are, again, steeped in a little bit of ableism. It would be great to have classes around disability that are because so much of our gym and our, our stuff is, is again based around rehab as a disabled person i would totally work out more if you told me that this workout would increase my sex my sexual appeal to other people as a disabled person and would help me have better sex as a disabled person i would love that class and we should ha totally have sex exercise classes based around that idea so look, here's my thoughts on the gym, sex, and disability. If you are disabled and you want to work out to get sexier for yourself and to feel good about your body, I totally approve and support this. If you are an able-bodied person who wants to fuck me and who wants to go to the gym with me to work out with me, please be sure to bring your gym bag, bring your gym clothes, maybe bring your condoms, but leave your ableism at home. Alright, so that's another episode of Disability After Dark, and I want to thank you so much for shining a bright light on sex and disability with me. If you want to follow my work, you can head over to www.andrewgerza.com. If you love the show and you're listening to us on iTunes, please, please, please rate and review us so more people can find the show. You can also follow Disability After Dark on all the socials. On Twitter, we're at DisAftDark. That's D-I-S-A-F-T. D-A-R-K-P-O-D on Twitter, or of course you can follow me directly at Andrew Gerza, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash disabilityafterdark. If you want to support the program, you can do so via Patreon. As little as $1 a month helps me keep this show going, and I can't thank you enough for all your support. You can pledge at patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations with music by Chris Ujiuchi. 
Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright Crippled Content Creations 2018